In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. She was dying, dying in a pale hospital room a very long way from the colourful African capital in which she had been born. Her skin had taken on that fragile translucency which often marks the transition from this life to the next. And it was dry, too dry for comfort. So, drenching my hands with perfumed oil, I began to massage her feet, burnishing them until they regained just something of their mahogany glory once again. And the smell of ginger and the smell of spices filled that hospital room. And it seemed to me we shared holy ground. The impact of an art installation called Holy Ground has never truly left me. If you ever get the chance to see it, I'd encourage you to do so. It consists of a collection of shoes paired with the stories of their owners, who are Christians from all around the world. Its creator, the artist Paul Hobbs, says... The stories are short statements about what it means for each person to believe in Christ in their particular situation. Among those represented are a thief, a refugee, the despised, the rejected, people whom Jesus specially sought out, as well as those who have known great opportunity, wealth and success. There are those who are beautiful, those struggling to make a living and raise a family, those who are disabled, those who have known great loss and tragedy, and those asking the deep questions of life. Some are persecuted and despised for their faith. Several need to be anonymous due to the lack of religious freedom in their lands. For some, the idea of giving up their shoes for this project seemed amusing and culturally odd. For others, it was costly to give their only pair of shoes in exchange for another. All have encountered the living God, arriving at a place of holy ground. When I first saw the installation, I was moved by the very ordinariness of the worn footwear and the way in which these everyday items captured the real imprint of their former owners, and they'd molded themselves to their wearer's uniqueness, capturing the realities of their everyday journeys. To view something as intimate as shoes, molded to the distinct shape of individual feet, truly seemed to me to be holy ground, a reminder that we each stand or sit or kneel or crawl or lie and trace out our life journeys on this earth, our common home, our literally common ground. Moses was on dry, parched ground, 
The Hebrew phrase implies that he was deep into the wilderness, close to Horeb or Sinai, whose name comes from a root signifying dryness, literally the parched mountain. It is located a full three days from the Nile. In the ancient Near East, where all of this took place, deities were often associated with sacred trees. But it's not a stately tree that catches Moses's attention, but a lowly bush, a flame with glory in an arid place. In that scorched place, shoes would offer protection from stings and stones and thorns and the burning ground. Removing them, Moses places himself in not just an intimate, but a vulnerable orientation towards God. We come to other holy ground in our reading from John's Gospel. In the lead-in to the events of his deaths, Jesus speaks of being lifted up. Perplexingly then and now, Jesus describes this as the moment when God's name will be glorified. A place of execution, a despised tree that would become the blaze of glory as God, thirsty, bloody, laid himself open, vulnerable to stone and thorn, in an intimate orientation towards humanity, holy ground. Well, today we live in wonderful and exciting times. You might not believe it from our headlines, but progress is being made. In 1970, the share of the world's population who were undernourished was 28%. By 2015, that had been reduced to 11%. In 1986, the number of countries who allowed lead in gasoline stood at 193 out of 195. Today, only three countries still allow lead in gasoline. The woman I spoke of at the beginning of this address was dying from AIDS. Today, the rate of new HIV infections per million is less than half of what it was at its peak in 1996. More people have access to education, medical care and communications than at any time in our history. But we also live in painful and disjointed times and huge divisions remain. Susanna Snyder draws our attention to feet to the feet of the many refugees and survival migrants who are on the move in our world today. She says, attending to migrants' feet invites us to recognize their humanity. 
walking away from home expresses migrants' fierce hope for continued existence and for life in the place of death. The truth is that while some of us have the luxury of placing our feet on plush carpet or beautiful marble, or we can encase them in designer goods, others in our world walk in search of safety or tread fearfully when it is our turn to have our mobility assessed for the personal independent payment assessment. Others go barefoot in the slum. Going back to John's gospel once again, between the time that Jesus spoke of being lifted up and when his own feet would be pierced by nails on that sacred and glorious tree, he would do something remarkable. He would kneel in the presence of his closest friends and lift their feet, washing them off of the grime of the day and wiping them clean. He did this even for the one who would lift up his heel against him and betray him. And Jesus said, If I, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I have to confess that I have almost a favourite joke. It's by Billy Connolly, a British comedian. It goes like this. Before you judge a man, walk a mile in his shoes. After that, who cares? He's a mile away and you've got his shoes. It's funny because it's ludicrous. And it points to the audacity for me of the different way to which Jesus calls us of opening ourselves up in vulnerability and intimacy and openness to God, and then to that which follows, to one another. As we conclude then, might I invite us to live with some questions in this approach to Lent. How might we dare to go barefoot before God and to before one another? How might we be mindful of the thorns and the stings and the stones and the scorching sand of one another's lives? And how might we allow the barefoot saviour to nourish our own dry feet with the oil of his presence? If we dare to do so, we may find indeed that we are on holy ground. Let us pray. May we go from this place in the anticipation that you, O oh God, are preparing us to stand on holy ground. May we be ready to turn aside and take off our shoes. In our attentiveness, our washing of one another's feet, and in having our own feet washed, may we know ourselves in your presence and on holy ground. Amen.